In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The very Son of God, who knew you before you were even in your mother's womb, who knows the number of hairs on your head, looked down from his throne in heaven and saw the great cost that would come to him in order to rescue you. He saw the great depths that he would have to be brought to, even the depths of hell, in order to save you. And yet the Son of God did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but humbled himself and took on flesh. He was made man and was born into a feeding trough. He lived a perfect life of total self-denial. He has been all that life despised and rejected, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. His enemies have been innumerable. His friends have been few, and those few faithless. He is at last delivered over into the hands of those who hate him. He is arrested while he's praying. He's arraigned both before the spiritual and temporal courts in a sham trial. He's robed in mockery and then unrobed in shame. He is set upon his throne in scorn and then tied to the pillar in cruelty. He's declared innocent. And yet the judge who ought to have preserved him from his persecutors delivers him up. He is dragged through the streets of Jerusalem, which had killed the prophets and would now crimson itself with the blood of the prophet's master. He is brought to the cross. He is nailed fast to the hard, cruel wood. The sun burns him. His cruel wounds increase the fever. The father forsakes him. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Contains the concentrated anguish of the world. While he hangs there in mortal conflict with sin and Satan, his heart is broken. His limbs are dislocated. Heaven fails him as the sun is veiled in darkness. Earth forsakes him for his disciples forsook him and fled. He looks everywhere, and there is no one to help him. He casts his eyes around, and there is no one who comes to his aid. On, on he goes steadily, determined to drink the last of that cup, which must not pass from him if his father's will is to be done. And at last he cries, it is finished, and he gives up his spirit. It is finished. Do you hear it? Do you hear this shout of triumph in the midst of tragedy as it rings today with all the freshness and force with which it had 2,000 years ago? Hear it from the very lips of the one who would come to save you. 
May the Holy Spirit of God open our ears that we may hear and understand what it is that we hear. C.H. Spurgeon asks us to imagine for a minute the saints in heaven looking down upon what earth, what has been done on earth. Abel and his friends who had long ago before the flood been sitting in the glories above. They watch while God lights star after star in heaven. Promise after promise flashes light upon the thick darkness of earth. They see Abraham come and they look down and wonder while they see God revealing Christ to Abraham in the person of Isaac. They gaze just as the angels do, desiring to look into the mystery. From the times of Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they see altars smoking, recognitions of the fact that man is guilty, and the spirits before the throne say, Lord, when will the sacrifices finish? When will blood no more be shed? The offering of bloody sacrifices soon increases. It is now carried on by men ordained for the purpose. Aaron and the high priest and the Levites every morning and every evening offer a lamb. While great sacrifices are offered on special occasions, bullocks groan, rams bleed, the necks of doves are wrung, and all the while the saints are crying, O Lord, how long? When shall the sacrifice cease? Year after year, the high priest goes within the veil and sprinkles upon the mercy seat with blood. The next year sees him do the same, and the next, and again, and again, and again. David offers tens of hundreds. Solomon slaughters tens of thousands. Hezekiah offers rivers of oil. Josiah gives thousands of the fat of fed beasts, and the spirits of the just say, Will it never be complete? Will the sacrifice never be finished? Must there always be a remembrance of sin? Will not the last high priest come soon? Will not the order and line of Aaron soon lay aside its labor because the whole is finished? Not yet, not yet, you spirits of the just. For after the captivity, the slaughter of the victims still remains. But lo, he comes. Gaze more intently than before. He comes who is too close to the line of priests. Lo, there he stands clothed, not now with linen ephod, not with ringing bells, and not with sparkling jewels upon his breastplate, but arrayed in human flesh he stands. His cross, his altar, his body, and his soul. The victim, himself the priest, and lo, before his God. He offers up his own soul within the veil of thick darkness which has covered him from the sight of men. Presenting his own blood, he enters within the veil, sprinkles it there, and coming forth from the midst of darkness, he looks down on the astonished earth and upward to expectant heaven and cries, It is finished. It is finished. That for which you so longed for is fully achieved and perfected forever. But is it really finished? 
Is our redemption complete? Are our sins put away as far as the east is from the west? Are we now able to be adopted children of God by grace? Can we approach the holy throne of an almighty God? Can we be saved? My friends, many of you go through your lives torturing yourselves, wondering if you are good enough. You spend your waking moments trying to make restitution. Jesus died for me, but I must pick up where Jesus left off. We live as if it is not finished until we finish it ourselves. Why do you do this? It is finished. All the pains that God asks, Christ has suffered. All the satisfaction by the way of agony in the flesh that the law demands, Christ has already endured. It is finished. To those poor despairing souls among us who are hanging on by a thread, it seems that at every moment things might come crashing down. It was hard for you even to get out of bed this morning, much less make your way to church. You say, I cannot escape from my sin. It is ever before me. I do not believe I could be saved. Jesus says to you, sinner, my child, the way of salvation is finished once and for all. I know that there are thousands upon thousands who have put their trust in Jesus Christ, but are still afraid that it is not finished. They never know that they are safe. They do not know that it is finished. They think that they have faith today, but perhaps they may become unbelieving tomorrow. They hope God will accept them. If they do some things, forgetting that the way of acceptance is finished. Hear this. God as much accepts a sinner who only believed in Christ five minutes ago as he will a saint who has known and loved him for 80 years. He does not accept us because of anything we do or feel, but simply and only for what Christ did, and that is finished. And then there are those who think that they are good enough to approach an almighty and holy God in their own righteousness, by their own merit. Even to them, Jesus Christ says, it is finished. God neither asks nor accepts any other sacrifice than that which Christ offered once and for all upon the cross. There are those among us who think that our striving in the works of righteousness by giving to the church by going to church, by their baptism and their confirmation, that they have have made themselves worthy of God's love. Jesus says to you, no, stop. It is finished. God does not need any of that. He has received enough to believe that such a thing is to pin your rags to the fine linen of Christ's righteousness. Why will you add your counterfeit? to the costly ransom which Christ has paid into the treasure house of God. Cease from your pains, your works, your performances, for it is finished. Christ has done it all. It is finished. Why improve on what is finished? Why add to that which is complete? There are those among us who love the Savior, 
but want to climb a false ladder to heaven. You are thinking that you must be this and attain to that, and then maybe, just maybe then, you may be assured of your salvation. You may be assured of it today. If you believe in Christ, you are saved. But I feel dirty and wretched. But what of that? God does not regard your imperfections, but he covers them with Christ's righteousness. He does see them, but he sees them in order to remove them, not to count them against you. Yes, but I cannot be what I would be, you say. But what if you cannot? God does not look at you as what you are in yourself, but as what you are in Jesus Christ. All of us who live in this world, who have gathered in this place, who are weak and heavy laden, let us stand this very afternoon while the storm gathers and be not afraid. The lightning will flash, but we will not tremble. The thunder claps, but we will not be alarmed. And why? Why should we escape these awful storms of life, this awful judgment upon those of us who know that our guilty verdict would be just? We should not be able to escape justice, but for the fact that we are standing beneath the cross of Jesus Christ, that precious cross which, like some noble lightning rod in the storm, takes to itself all the death from the lightning and all the fury from the storm. We are safe. Loud, the thundering law claps that accuses us, and terribly may the lightning flash of avenging justice. We can look up with calm delight to all the tumult of the storms of life and judgment, for we are safe beneath the cross of Jesus. I don't know where you are this afternoon, but may God find you, you who have strayed so far away from home, you who have deliberately lived a life of your own choosing, you who have hurt others and who has even hurt yourself, you who have gone so far as to dive into the very ditch of life and roll around in the filth. If today that you feel that sin is hateful to you, if you feel so strongly your wretchedness and unworthiness of so great a love, and you feel your need for a Savior, believe in Him who has said, It is finished. Take my hand, and together let us approach the throne of grace and say, here are two poor naked souls. Good Lord, we cannot clothe ourselves. And he will give us a robe, for it is finished. But Lord, is your love and mercy long enough for such sinners and broad enough for such offenders? Yes, he says, it is finished. But we need washing, Lord. Is there anything that can take away the stains that are as hideous as ours? Yes, he says, here is the bath of my blood which is shed for you. 
But must we not add our tears to it? No, he says. No, it is finished. And there is enough. Child of God, will you have Christ's finished righteousness this afternoon? And will you rejoice in it more than you have ever done before? And oh, poor sinner, will you have Christ or remain dead and miserable in your trespasses? On this day of all days, do you not know that it is finished?